Well, Micah, it is a joy to have you on Talking Church. It's been a long time coming. We have been friends in ministry for a long time. Haven't worked at the same church, but yep. uh, been in the same district in the AG here in Minnesota. Um, now you're traveling evangelist full time, yep. doing your ministry, you and your wife and your family. Just again, there's so much history there that I won't bore people with. But when we were chatting about doing this, I was so excited. So thanks for being here. Hey, it's an honor to be here. Mad respect for River Valley. Mad respect for Pastor Rob and Becca and you and Mac and the whole team. Uh, when I got the text saying, hey, do you want to be on the podcast? I low-key freaked out <laughs> like a little girl. I was like, uh, yes, that would be amazing. And so the honor's mine, man. It's it's truly mine. So Well, I'm glad. It's been cool to see more people listening and reaching yeah. just different pastors and leaders and meeting people at conferences. They'll come, hey, listen to the podcast. And I'm sure you have the same that happens with where you're speaking and different mm -hmm. things. Um, you're traveling quite a bit. We were going through your, your schedule before we started recording and it it's busy, it's full, yes. uh, but that's what you feel called to do. Yes. And so that's something that I think not all of us can empathize with that you're on the road people feel like it's glamorous and it's exciting but i can <laughs> i can empathize and say it's not it's all that not. yeah no it's not no it's been the last six years um and our why is from psalm 71 that even when i'm old and gray do not forsake me my god till i declare your power and your faithfulness to the next generation so our heart burns for the next generation and in the last six years we've preached in 48 out of the 50 states wow. and we've preached at conferences where there's 15,000 students in the room yeah. and two days later I preached in a room where there were 40 students at a local youth group and mm -hmm. so the spectrum has been wide it's been crazy but it's really lended itself to a unique perspective to travel to different cities different cultures across America and so it's been a fun ride. The hero in it all is actually my wife. Yeah. I know you know this too. Um, man, you can't travel and not have an effective preaching, traveling, itinerant ministry without a wife who's in the call with you. And right. so it's been a joy the last six years, and uh, it's been incredible to see just some of the things that God's been able to do among the hearts of the next generation. Are you at the point now in travel where like you're getting that first class upgrade quite a bit? Or Because I know I just hit that, I, I hit the diamond status, and it's it's a different world now. I'm like, all yes. right, I'm getting the upgrade. We don't book first class in no, River Valley, no, just being clear, but I do get the upgrade quite a bit. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't know if I should have a humble brag there on that. I don't know if I should review I gave that. you the opportunity. Okay, so. I'll just say this. Yes, I am a diamond member, have been the last couple of years. And yes, you book the main cabin ticket, yep. and then they give you the automatic automatic upgrade. comfort, e e and then you're just yes. holding, hoping that you get the first class. Exactly, but. exactly. Yeah, I will say this. I heard a comedian say this, and it's so true. And and I'm I wish it weren't true, but he said that. When you book a main cabin ticket, you're in there, and then you get bumped up to comfort. You're like, okay, cool. But then you get bumped up to first class. And he said, as the main cabin people are walking on, he goes, you're like, oh, my gosh, the scum of the earth. And he's like, you were just one of those people. Like, you didn't even pay for the first class right, ticket. Exactly. But you act like you're this, like, person. So I don't know. I I, I fight against that. And uh, sure. I hope that I, I never fully lean into that. But it is funny when, when I'm like, oh, man, I didn't even get the comfort upgrade. Yeah. The life of people who travel a lot, for those who don't travel a lot, I'm sorry to bore you with these details, yeah. but it's important for us. <laughs> yeah, I once heard Danny Meyer say, uh, he's the CEO of like Shake Shack and all the restaurant group. He said he was so addicted to Delta medallion status, which is crazy to think about. I mean, he's got to make millions of dollars a right. year. He said he was so addicted to, to medallion status that he actually thought about turning down a friend who invited him to fly to this event on his jet. 
because wow. he was like, well, I won't earn my miles. And, he, and he's like, I had to talk myself out of it and say, you earn miles to get like an upgrade to first class. This dude just invited you on his jet. And I don't know, maybe Danny has a jet now. Yeah. But it's just funny that even people that are, again, you can get addicted to it. So yep. praying against that. But you you have been doing this for six years, you said? Yeah, full six time. years full time, yep. You started posting videos on social media, I mean, a long time ago, but but recently you started posting things about topics that maybe not everyone's willing to talk about. Yes. And things about sexuality and transgender and what do I do if someone comes up to me and tells me that they disagree with what I believe, but am I still a Christian? And and you started posting these kind of selfie videos in the car mm-hmm. and you, it was what, three weeks you had reached two million unique accounts, is that right? Yes. Yeah, we had reached over 2 million accounts within a matter of three weeks. And before I get into any of that, you first need to understand why you personally use social media. Um, I use social media as a ministry tool. I have a why to my social media. It's to encourage, equip, and build the faith of the next generation. And then in parentheses, a family photo album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and so that is my why. And about a couple months ago, I was praying and I was looking at the state of our country. I know there's people who listen across the globe. So speaking from a United States perspective, I was seeing the shift that was going on in our country, uh, what was being celebrated, what was being honored, and ultimately what was thrown into the face of the next generation. It's a lot. Um, And God began to shift my heart to become more bold and to become a voice on social media for the next generation to accomplish my why. I was at a men's conference. There's about 10,000 men in the room, and Pastor Craig Rochelle was speaking. And one of his challenges to every man in the room, and I'd give this to challenge to every man listening right now, is he said, every day for the next seven days, I want you to pray, God, make me bold. God, make me bold. God, make me bold. You can picture Craig Rochelle and his yeah. voice saying it. But for the next seven days, I just prayed, God, make me bold. And what our society and what our culture needs is men to rise up and to be bold, mm-hmm. not for the sake of flaunting themselves or to make themselves look better. No, but being a godly, bold man mm-hmm. in our home, in our marriages, in our family. And so uh, that started to resonate within me. I didn't know asking God to make me bold would be the next step of obedience, which is start being bold on hot topics from a biblical perspective and a biblical worldview. Start taking the step of faith. I have to be brutally honest with you, Logan. Before I posted my first video, I texted my social media manager and I texted some friends and I said, uh, just so you guys know, I will probably get my social media banned <laughs> and I'll probably get it deleted, but I'm just taking a step of faith and I'm being obedient. Here we go, post. And I hit post. And what I didn't know is that it would literally go viral. It would go all over the place. Uh, and it literally reached, yeah, like you said, about 2 million people in a matter of three weeks, different accounts. And I realized it started to resonate uh, not just with religious people or people with a religious background, it started to resonate with people who just looked at it from a view of common sense, that this should be common sense. And I will say this, 
Um, about a week before I posted, I was with my wife. We were in Utah, Salt Lake City, Utah. We were in the hotel room, and I was uh, shaking, uh, not out of a panic or, or worry or fear, but I began shaking because I sensed God calling me strongly. You need to post now. You need to start speaking out now. And I shared this with my wife, and she goes, we both need to pray. Well, it just so happened that a friend texted us in our hotel room and said, hey, you need to check out River Valley's message. Hmm. Pastor Rob Ketterling just preached this message called Protect the Children. You need to go watch it. And so that very next day, we watched this message called Protect the Children. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a place in Scripture where Paul talks about how the boldness of one person to proclaim the gospel literally inspired others to become bold in their faith to proclaim the gospel. Uh, seeing Pastor Rob's message literally was like a forerunner of someone carrying a heart just to be bold in the middle of a state in a culture that's going the opposite direction. Right. That sermon, it was like pushed me over the edge to say, you need to do this right now. And so it was the faith of, of Pastor Rob, along with uh, Craig Rochelle saying, God, make me bold that pushed me over the edge to start making these videos that one, the next generation is clearly hearing every day and is exposed to every day. And two, it is an opportunity to give them a biblical worldview and a picture of that in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. Logan, the difficulty is an Instagram reel will only allow you one minute and 30 seconds <laughs> for it to be an official reel sure. and to put music to it. To take really deep theological concepts and biblical worldviews that have been there for centuries and then to take where culture's at and put that into a minute and 30 seconds is very difficult. So the strategy was story, uh, stories that we've seen in our church, stories from being a youth pastor that would be able to bring a personal story that emphasizes the fullness of Jesus's grace and the fullness of his truth. And that is the tension that we are living in as, as followers of Jesus. And it's not a tension that showed up on the shores of America within the last 20 years. That is a tension for every follower of Jesus that has existed in the last 2,000 years, is how do we be like Jesus, who is full of grace and full of truth? Mm -hmm. In that tension, there will be spears thrown. In that tension, there will be people upset. If Jesus had people who hated him, then Christians will be hated for those who follow Jesus. Right. Jesus tells us that. And so um, it's been really cool. In the last month or so, um, there have been people who have voiced their frustration. But also what's been really cool is there have been people who are wrestling right now with same-sex attraction that I can show you DMs that have DM me saying, hey, I'm trying to break free from this lifestyle. Hey, I'm wrestling with this right now. Hey, this was a timely video. I expected to get more reprimands and more like, see, this is the reason why I wouldn't go to church. I was expecting to get more DMs like that, but I actually got more DMs from people that said, oh my word, thank you for sharing this. And I agree with Pastor Rob. We can't exist in a culture right now and not be silent about um, the biblical worldview, who God is, his character, his nature with the generation that's coming. Mm -hmm. The church's responsibility in any generation prior to this has always been to pass faith onto the next generation. That not just only means encompassing the gospel, which is first and foremost, that's our why, but it also means the totality of scripture, 
from Genesis to Revelations, the ethics of Scripture, the, the, the mind of Christ being mm -hmm. renewed into the likeness of Christ. And that is where my heart becomes, is to be a voice on social media, because I don't know if we're currently doing it in our churches. Yeah. I don't know if they're hearing it from their youth pastors. And so I have a lot of teenagers that follow me from traveling and preaching. I yeah. have a lot of people that, that stick with my journey. A lot of these kids don't have dads that will sit them down and tell them the truth. A lot of these kids come from broken homes like I do. And that is where this passion come from, is to be a constant, encouraging, and equipped whipping voice that yes might go in the face of culture but the whole hope is that they might see God's design they mm -hmm. might see God's ways and that they might follow the ways and the design that God has for his creation that's awesome well you can sense your passion even through the microphone right and and people hearing that from you I think I, I love hearing about how Pastor Craig's boldness my dad's boldness and how other boldness, I'm sure that there will be stories or already has been stories of your boldness that's leading to we, other people, youth right? Youth pastors, youth pastors have literally texted me, some really large churches, some small, that have said, you have given me the courage to take this to my lead pastor and ask, hey, can we do this for our students? Can we talk about these things with our students? Mm -hmm. To know that I could encourage even just one youth pastor has meant the world. So mm -hmm. yeah, to your yeah. point, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, even even me personally, we were, we had dinner the other night, um, and we we're eating, and I said, "You've inspired me." You know, mm. I, I would say I have this weird relationship with social media. Uh, I was off it for two years, deleted everything, and um, I came back on it. Honestly, I've made. I joke with my team about this. I've made probably seven or eight reels similar to yours, not not specifically about like those topics, mm -hmm. but just things that I thought would encourage people. And I haven't posted them hmm. because I'm too nervous. <laughs> and it's like crazy. Like I have this podcast, like, I'm fine talking with an hour about anything. You know, I talked to yeah. Preston Sprinkle about same-sex attraction. I've talked about transgender, all these different things. Talked to my dad every single month about difficult topics. But for whatever reason, social media is this like, it's hard for me. And I'm sure there's other people mm -hmm. that feel that. And obviously you shared your own thing. I, I think what was important that you shared is it wasn't just like a random day that you're like, I'm going to just post this thing and, and do a hot topic. It was prayerful. It mm -hmm. was really God kind of pulled it out of you with seeing the Protect the Children message, hearing Pastor Craig, praying mm -hmm. with your wife in Salt Lake City. And so I do think that becoming a quote unquote influencer should not be something that is desired. It's mm -mm. it's what is God asking me to do and how is he asking me to use my voice? Yes. And for me right now, it's through a podcast. For you, obviously, it's through traveling and speaking. Mm -hmm. And that changes for all of us. It goes up mm -hmm. and down. Some videos you post, you think, oh, this is going to go viral. And then you post it and nothing happens. <laughs> um, it's like it's like eight, 800 views and the last one got 200,000. Sure. Um, I noticed that with my grandma's clip and we've talked about it on the podcast before, but like her episode, it's like, I don't know, a few thousand people or a couple thousand people have listened to the, the full episode, but 800,000 people have viewed her, her reel, right? Mm. And so just the, the power of that, I was uh, doing grad homework and I think we're both in our, in our master's right yep. now. Um, and a lot of reading mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot, a lot of, <laughs> in the midst of traveling like every yeah. week too i'm like yeah oh, man this this is not smart yeah um but i was reading the uh global youth culture report from one hope that they came out last year or, or the beginning of this year and it said 97 percent or gen z said that 97 percent of them say they watch videos every day mm -hmm. of that gen z spends seven hours and I think 40 minutes a day online. Mm -hmm. 
So as I was writing this paper last night, I said, more than they sleep, probably. More than they work, probably. Mm-hmm. More than they spend time with family and friends. Like, they're online. And so there's this tension that I'm feeling right now of, I've, I keep making these videos that I'm not posting, but I'm like, Lord, are you asking me to post them? And obviously, I'm again, this is my own just mm-hmm. coaching session with Micah Mack. But um, I think there's probably a lot of people that feel that way, whether it's a youth pastor or a lead pastor or mm-hmm. whatever. And, and I think some of it is like, oh, we'll make the clips and post them and let's see if they get a bunch of views. Mm-hmm. What, I'm, what I love you saying, and, and maybe you can expand on this a little bit more, you're not, you're actually putting a lot of intentionality Mm-hmm. into what you're posting, what you're sharing. It's not like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool to post. Post it. Like you're you're praying about it. You're you're seeking the Lord about it. Mm-hmm. You're sharing stories, and then you're responding. And it's not just – it's not an analytics game for mm-hmm. you. This mm-hmm. is a ministry. Talk yep. about that. Yeah. Um, you can ask any person right now, uh, hey, what are your views on social media? You can ask that question to anyone right now, and you will get the gamut of people who say, yeah, I hate – I hate it. I hate yeah. it. I delete it. I don't have any more. You'll have people who say, are you kidding me? Like, I love it. Like, this is my life. Like, this is where I interact with people. This is where I talk to people. You will have a variety of answers on where people fall on social media. But where the difference is with when it comes to people's interpretation of social media is ask people, what's your why with social media? Because if you can have a clear designed why, you now have purpose to your social media. Now you're looking to help someone versus looking to getting something from someone. Now you're looking to contribute to someone. Now you're looking to bring value. I'm convinced every church in America and the world should be online on social media. Why? Because it is the current waterhole. In the Bible, women would go gather at the water hole and go get water for their families. It's where people met. They didn't go by themselves. They went alone. Where are people gathering and where are they meeting and interconnected? They're on social media. So why not bring the greatest message of all time ever preached? (laughs) And why not bring it and contribute to where people spend their time? I'm convinced um, social media, all it is, all it is, is a tool. It's a tool in our hand that God puts in our life. Now, I'm not calling every person to uh, be a digital creator, and now you're a spokesperson for Jesus. No, but should you maybe figure out why social media? Should you have that why? Yeah. And once that why burns within you, now you begin posting because you understand why you are doing it. And whether it gets 10 views or 10 million views, you're doing it because you have a clear defined why. Um, One of the things my social media manager is really good at, her name's Karis, I highly recommend her. Uh, She goes, Micah, uh, people are following you for a reason. So every follow, anyone uh, that they have on their profile, they're following you for a reason. Could be a friend, a family member, an acquaintance, could be a coworker. But for some reason, they chose to press the follow button on you. Um, Here's why this is important is because my manager all the time tells me, Micah, invest in your followers. Build into your followers. Don't worry about new followers or lack of followers. Build into your followers. Um, So yesterday was the first day of school in Minnesota. First day. All the kids back to school. And in my quiet time, I was couldn't stop praying for all the kids back to school. And in my quiet time, I literally felt impressed. Hey, here are seven things for every kid going back to school. So I made this slide post to build into people that are going back to school. And I get this message from a mom. She goes, my sophomore boy 
came home crying from school yesterday. And she goes, literally everything you said in this post applies mm. to what's going on in my son. I had one mom say, tomorrow morning when I bring my kids to school, we're going to go over these seven things. I had another boy DM me. He said, high school boy, he goes, you're not going to believe how timely this is for my life. Whether one person liked it or 10,000, it didn't matter to me. It was building and creating content that was biblical, that was encouraging, that was helpful for kids that are dealing with the anxiety of going to a school locker for the first time, the sixth grade boy who's freaked out at how big middle school is in comparison to elementary school, the kid who feels like an outcast. And so for us, it's clearly defining the why and then being able to build content that fits that why and staying within that category within that box. And so I'll, I'll, I'll say another Craig Groeschel quote that helps me a lot. Um, obedience is our responsibility and the outcome is God's. And when I started doing these heart talks and started doing these potentially controversial videos, I was merely doing it out of obedience. I had no idea it would get 2 million views. I left all the outcomes up to the Lord. And that is a uh, stressful, pressure-free way to live is just to say, God, I want to be obedient. And so for anyone listening right now, you might not be called to post exactly what I'm posting. Um, but to obey God is still the same mandate for every follower of Jesus. So whatever that looks like in your context, whatever that looks like wherever you are. However, I would encourage church leaders and pastors develop a strategy with someone, anyone within your church, within your ministry, develop a strategy that encourages your church, that builds your church. Um, a real quick 10-second practical tool for churches on social media or church leaders. When people visit our social media, when they see it, does it say, hey, come join us? Or does it say, here's something for you? At church and in churches, we're really good at telling people what we do and telling them to join us versus, hey, we have something for you. Do you see the difference? Yeah. One is us-centered. The other is them-centered. It's looking to bring value to them. So when we're developing strategy for our personal or social media, ask the question, what does this mean for them, mm -hmm. not how can you join me? Because people are constantly being told how to join things, join this, join that. But when you take the attention off of how we get people to join us and how we can just build something for them to invest in them, bring value to them, that's where people say, man, that was encouraging. Man, that was awesome. And so I hope that little 10-second blurb, <laughs> maybe longer, could help someone out there when it comes to strategy or thinking through things or how do we do this effectively. When, when you think about your own time on social media. I think the challenge I struggle with is not only, okay, what do I post? And I think obviously you've addressed that really well in the heart and I, I love the the intentionality there. I think there's a this, you know, have you seen Social Dilemma? The movie? Yeah, I have, yeah. There's this like, <laughs> obviously you talk about the negative side of it. Yeah. And there's this pull personally, like the, the tension I feel is... It, can it all almost become addictive mm -hmm. to this quote-unquote success to where mm -hmm. when we're discipling people in person, we, we kind of have to, we have to give the time, so to speak. Mm -hmm. What social media allows you to do is in some ways, you know, some people might not like the word discipleship, but I'll use it in this case, discipling mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands or millions of people mm -hmm. in a moment that you maybe don't see. Mm -hmm. 
how has that affected you? I mean, mm -hmm. again, I don't have a, a huge following on social media, so maybe mm -hmm. it's, it's just my naivety. Mm -hmm. But the the nature, the addictive nature of social, of like always feeling the stress and the pressure of of I want to become something or I mm -hmm. look at all the likes I'm getting, look yep. at all the messages that I have or like this constant desire to check. Yep. And I've, I've been able to hang around with some people who I know that have these mass followings or celebrities and sometimes around them and they couldn't care less about their phones and other times around mm -hmm. them. And it's like, dude, you didn't get off your phone the whole time because they're just constantly engaging with the mm -hmm. millions of people or hundreds of thousands mm -hmm. of people that mm -hmm. follow them. Maybe talk about that for people who, again, I, th that was the reason why I deleted it initially. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, the the benefits are no doubt there mm -hmm. for what I, how I can help others. But for myself, mm -hmm. what if it destroys me in the process? It's not worth it. Yeah, right? It's not worth it destroyed you. It's not worth losing your own soul. Right, over. right. So, so how have you combated that? Um, a couple things. One, uh, there wasn't necessarily the viral on Instagram. There was actually... Uh, viral videos on TikTok that first started. It was during COVID. And overnight, I went from like a thousand followers to 70,000 followers almost overnight on TikTok. Wow. I was doing relationship videos on boyfriend, girlfriend stuff. It reached people in the Philippines, Japan, Indonesia, India before India banned TikTok. Um, started going all over the world. And I'll be honest, the first feeling I felt when I saw that, I was scared. The reason why I was scared is because Proverbs talks about um, being careful of getting rich quickly. Right. And I wasn't getting rich in the terms of monetary gain, rich in the terms of all this crazy viral aspects within a matter of three nights. But nowadays that that almost is worth more to the younger people. Correct. I mean, if you, you, you could have real cash, real money, and they don't care about your net worth. Correct. They want to know how many followers you have or what that's, your influence is. That's the danger right now and one of the greatest temptations that's facing the next generation. I'm preaching a message tomorrow at a college chapel titled, How to Stay Small in a Viral World. Mm. The biblical precedent is what John the Baptist said. God, help me to decrease. Help me to become mm. less and less and you to become greater and greater. John the Baptist was really quick at saying, look, behold, yeah. the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And I would say as a 37-year-old man versus a 16-year-old kid that goes viral, I had some character building moments as a 16 all the way through 37 that these 16-year-olds aren't getting. But from my own perspective, when those viral things started hitting, I was scared, fearful, so much so that I deleted it for three months. I wasn't even on it because I was like, this isn't normal. And then I, things started coming out about China and how China is all behind TikTok <laughs> and all this stuff. So that freaked me out even more, like what is going yeah. on? So I actually ignored TikTok um, for a long time and still don't do much with it. Uh, but then Instagram, uh, within you know, 2 million accounts in three weeks, there was about 10 to 12,000 new followers, right. people resonating with the message. And um, I would say this, there have been a couple things that have helped me. One, I haven't been perfect through the process. Two, uh, you mentioned, you heard me mention social media manager. My wife, about a year ago, we were in bed. She goes, Micah, I think you need a social media manager. I think you need someone to take this over. And so that is when we hired a social media manager to help create margin and space for me not to reply to every comment, not to reply to every DM. So having a manager 
in my opinion, for anyone who's experienced a platform of any kind, I think is actually very wise. Mm -hmm. It protects you. And think about this. Someone else is seeing every activity and monitoring everything that you're doing. They have every access yeah, to sure. every DM, even for accountability purposes. It's smart. Mm -hmm. And so for the last year, we've had that. But I would say if my wife was sitting right here right now and you asked her that question, she would say, I think my husband spends too much time on yeah, it. That's, she, yeah. I'm being honest no, with you. I, I, she, yeah. she probably would tell you that exact thing. And right. so to me, it's been attention to manage. But also being the age that I am has afforded me some forging and development that unfortunately 16-year-olds aren't, right. that is now leading kids into a tailspin or leading 18-year-olds into a tailspin because now they are getting crushed under the weight. And so, um, man, there are things that have kept me in track along the way. One is recognizing my own sin. Um, pride, God despises the proud. He exalts the humble. Mm -hmm. And you want to know what keeps someone really humble is realizing what God's forgiven you of mm -hmm. and recognizing that you are flesh. There is a flesh side. And then also um, I texted my closest friends yesterday and I said, am I desiring a platform over being a great friend? Am I desiring, do you guys sense any of that in me? It's mm -hmm. asking the people closest to me, mm -hmm. what do you see? What's going on? Talk to me. Those few things have helped stay grounded mm -hmm. to not pursue a certain thing or a certain status. Um, those things have helped along the way for sure. Um, but um, look at what Satan tempted Jesus with. Mm -hmm. The cities of the world, the, you can have it all if you just bow down and worship me. And so I think it's um, guarding our heart above all else mm -hmm. and recognizing what the main thing is. And then another thing that's helped me, this is the last thing I say, I have two little kids. They're seven and they're five. And when you come home and you see your kids sleeping in their beds, you realize what life is all about. It's not about reaching the masses. It's about the two kids. It's about the wife that are under my own household. Mm -hmm. And what they have to say, what they can speak to about my character matters way more than a public perception or a public thought of what other people might think. Totally. And so when you see that from that lens and the two kids sitting there and how fast life goes, put things back into perspective on what's really most important in life. Mm -hmm. It's so true. And so many things you shared are, they resonate. And I think that, you know, you mentioned what Steph said about may, maybe you spend too much time <laughs> on social media. Um, I, I think there's probably a lot of people who are listening that they laugh about what their spouse would say <laughs> to that question. Um, you know, I think on one hand you go, if, if my spouse is saying that, you know, that's an alarm. Mm-hmm. I think on the other hand is in ministry, <laughs> I don't know of many spouses of those who are in ministry that wouldn't say something of the like, right? Whether mm -hmm. that be social media or travel, she probably says, you travel too much too. Mm -hmm. We've talked about that over <laughs> um, the six years, yep. You know, and, and, and it's, I don't mean to laugh about it. I, I do think that there are, there are times where you say, okay, is this, is this, you do this too much? level one, level two, level three, like how, how serious is this? And I think like, can you still laugh about those things? Like mm -hmm. with, with your spouse, can you still laugh about those things mm -hmm. with your friends and people to where you acknowledge it and you know, yeah, maybe it's true, but it's, she knows the root of why you're doing what you're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's an important factor too Massive. that you talked about at the beginning. Massive. Is if if she was like, I I don't even think you should be a traveling evangelist. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't even think you should do those heart talks and social. Mm -hmm. Well, that's different versus mm -hmm. I think you should just do it maybe a little bit less sure. so that we can spend more time together. Um, when you think about keeping keeping it fresh in in ministry, mm -hmm. your it'd be easy to mail it in, right? And I've asked mm -hmm. some evangelists who've been on the podcast before a similar question, but how how do you keep ministry fresh to where it doesn't become, again, we talked about mm -hmm. it with social, but it doesn't become this job almost. Mm -hmm. Like my job is to encourage people, my mm -hmm. job, which again, some of that's true. Mm -hmm. It's what you pay to do. It's how you support your family. But in the same way, you're called to this. Like how how have you kept that fresh? I mean, again, we're talking about your schedule, yeah. and I'm like, man, I'm I'm busy, but you're more, and that's crazy. Yeah, I would say, uh, I'm gonna quote Scotty Gibbons. Scotty Gibbons is a hero of mine. I've watched him from afar, and he said this when I was a youth pastor. He said, "You could be the worst speaker of all time. You could be the worst organizer of all time. If there's one thing that you don't fail at as a youth pastor." Don't ever forsake spending time with Jesus every day. Mm -hmm. And so how do I stay fresh? How does it stay alive? How does the passion keep going in my heart? It's staring at Jesus every single day. Mm -hmm. It's looking at the words of Jesus every single day. It's falling in love with him all over again. It is um, understanding how high, how deep, and how wide the love of Jesus is. It's recognizing what he's brought me from, what he's doing now, how he's renewing me now. Um, the Holy Spirit isn't confine, confined to a church building. The Holy Spirit takes up residence in all of our lives, lives inside of all of us. What is the role of the Holy Spirit? but to convict us of sin, to lead us into all truth, to be a guide to us, an advocate to us, a counselor, a friend. And then my favorite thing that the Gospel of John says, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us to bring glory to the Father who's in heaven. Mm -hmm. it's, it's living a life every day according to the Spirit. It's walking in step with the Spirit. It's inviting correction. It's inviting rebuke. Inviting correction and rebuke are two heavy words that the next generation doesn't like to hear, but there is massive blessing tied to correction and rebuke. Mm -hmm. It's like Psalm 141 says that it's like oil on your head when you receive that. It's staying soft like clay. It's staying far from offense. It's staying at the feet of Jesus, just how Jesus commended Mary for staying at his feet. It's being able to look at Jesus each day, to draw near to him, to recognize how frail we are and how much we need his Holy Spirit, how much we need the infilling of the Holy Spirit, his presence to go before us, to be before us. And then the other thing that's really helped a lot is to recognize how short life is. Logan, all of this is dust. At the end of the day, social media is a tool. We are the product. We are the ones being used. At the end of the day, it's a tool and it is dust. Followers are dust. Proverbs says this, that uh, money is here today and it's gone tomorrow. 
Proverbs also says, be careful not to put your trust in princes, for one day they'll be gone and your hope in them will be gone too. Our trust in people, our trust in money, our trust in anything that's outside of Jesus is merely dust. When I recognize how short this life is, my focus gets re-centralized on what matters most, that the gospel might burn alive inside my heart, that there's more lost people to know the love of Jesus, that there's one more youth student who needs to be equipped, that there's a wife at home that God's called me to steward and lead, that there are two kids that are watching their dad do what he's called them to do. And so those things, all those things help me stay fresh help keep a passion going alive. But the number one thing is there's nothing like one-on-one time with Jesus and being in his presence. That's what keeps it going. If only it were obvious that you were an evangelist. (laughs) (laughs) It it, burns in my heart, Logan. It does. And it's it's evident to us, and again, all those listening and watching, and for those who follow you on social and all the videos, I'm sure there's more heart talks to come. Mm-hmm. Um, but thanks for sharing with us today and giving us a little peel back into what's been going on in your life. And of course, all the ministry that's being done. Mm-hmm. Um, you have some exciting things, a clothing line, different things that are coming up that people can be excited about, really helping mm-hmm. students give more and you give more to missions and all those things. So. Yes. Um, we'll leave that for another day or for them to follow you on social um, or for all those who are, are convinced that um, th- they hated this conversation because they <laughs> they were like me two years ago and didn't have yeah, social yeah, media. Yeah. Um, but we'll, 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 we'll wait for them. There you go. Um, but th- <laughs> thanks for uh, being here today chatting and uh, excited to, to hang out again soon. For sure. Thanks, Logan. Appreciate it.